This is Make Do. I'm Julia Scott, and you can call me Make, and she is Tiff Arment, and you can call her Do. That is not at all what this podcast is. <laughs> but I'm imagining us as ham puppets. <laughs> oh my. Uh, <laughs> now, now, now I'm going to have to go craft some ham puppets. Damn it. <laughs> I'm very puppetable. I have an expressive face and purple hair. So. Uh, so, so, you know, this whole podcast is about making stuff, basically. Uh, so we figured we'd start small and attack the question of why. <laughs> uh, in the first episode, we talked about like being people who just make stuff like that's who we are. Uh, and maybe that's the bigger answer. But I was thinking on the more like practical level, mm-hmm. like when you do something. When you go paint something, in the moment, why are you doing it? Man, that is such a deeply loaded question, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, all right, let's see. I mean, for me, it's really personal. I do it because I want to. Something tells me to do it, almost like I have a, I'm slightly possessed, I guess. <laughs> and it's like, just go paint the whale. You just must paint whales. And so I'm like, okay, I'll paint whales. So you just sit and paint <laughs> some whales for a few days. But I think it is part of me wants to be really good at something and show it off. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think a lot of people feel that, especially when you get really good at something and you are proud of it and you put in a lot of time and a lot of effort and you do end up translating what's in your brain into a physical object of any sort, even if we're talking about writing or we're talking about making a sculpture or you know anything that you create, even writing code, right? It's like you want to make th- something first for yourself you would hope. And then it's, it's also really fun to show it off. And it's really fun now that the internet is around to put it up on the internet and show it off and get feedback. I mean, who doesn't like praise and feedback about stuff that you've done, (laughs) right? Like, so because that's the thing, like, for, for me, also, like, the part that comes with the showing off is also sometimes and this is a confession, I want to be the kind of person who makes things Mm -hmm. like, it's not enough always to be a person who makes things i want to be the kind of person who makes things i want to be someone people think of as someone who makes things (laughs) and i don't know if that's like a noble thought but it's there no it's like i want to be an artist with a studio and say oh i'm gonna go to my studio and i'm gonna make things and yeah it's or for 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 many writers it's the thought of i don't want to write a book i want to have written a book Mm -hmm. which is very very true well that's how i feel about oil paintings i want to have you know, have a masterpiece painted, uh, you know, all done and everything and be like, look what I made. I don't necessarily want to start it. Starting it's so hard. That's the, that's a whole different thing. But yeah, it's, uh, it's so satisfying to have done it and then getting praise for it. And, or even if it's something that you've made a gift for somebody and you give it to them and they are, you know, it moves them in some way. And I just, that feeling it's like you chase that high a little bit when you create something, especially if you give it as a gift. And it it just feels really good when other people appreciate it. Do you ever feel though, because I can get this feeling, especially with knitting, but with like drawing and painting as well, where you're like, 
you you can't even say that this isn't that good. You're you're appreciating all the wrong things. <laughs> Do you ever feel that where you're like, why are people impressed with this? What and and does that mean that when I do something that I'm really happy with, that I shouldn't take them as seriously because they clearly couldn't see that this whale was wonky or whatever it is? Right. When someone overly appreciates it and misses the flaws, is that what you're saying? Well, not even that. Where you're like, but this is just a simple scarf. It's not that impressive. Oh, because uh, it's like a, it's it's at a lower level than what you normally operate at. But then someone else comes along and it's amazing to them because they aren't capable of even creating a scarf they didn't see the early strawberry yeah they didn't see the first strawberries that you drew and they're like wow look at that strawberry but yeah i mean but i've been that person that appreciates someone's little doodle and i'm like wow like i wish i could do that i wish i could just make a person's face look like a person and not a mutant like that's amazing (laughs) and then And they're like, what, this? Like, I just doodled it. They're like, you haven't even seen the amazing things I can paint and the things I can do and the things I can render. And I'm like, yeah, but that doodle's amazing. Or like those little tiny line drawings that are just so perfect. And you're like, oh, that's so good. So I've been the person that appreciates the little parts of someone's talent without seeing the vastness of their talent, you know, that comes after it. So, yeah, and that's because that's definitely something where I sometimes only want to make things I can show off. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. I am a four year old. I don't want to do like figure studies for days and I don't want to practice getting a curve right. And I don't want to practice mixing colors. I just want to get to the fun stuff. Yep. I'm like that, too. That's (laughs) Totally. I think that's probably a human human. No, I I think there are people who do really, really appreciate like the process and the very like minutia of getting everything set up and and cleaning everything up afterwards (laughs) and like practicing, you know, like just doing scales over and over again, or whatever your art may be. I think those are the type of people that they they thrive and they excel in the idea of becoming a perfectionist at one thing, you know, that they just dive into one thing that they focus all of their energy on and they end up creating a masterpiece from years and and hours and days and time of perfecting the curve, you know, perfecting a form. And then they go on and that's all they do. And that satisfies them deeply in their soul that they know that from the very first line they put down on the page to this beautiful, you know, realistically rendered work that they've done, that they have, they've put in all of that time. Whereas I feel like people like you and me are like, ooh, let's play with this. And then you go over here and you play with that. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I could do that. I got some pencil drawings done. And, and like, yeah, that's good enough. Okay, now I did that. Now let's, oh, oh, oh look at over there. Let's make something over, out of this. And then like, I just, we're like, I'm can, all over can I place. do my 10,000 hours on 1,000 different things? Yeah, that's exactly Does that work? it. Does that help? <laughs> because that's, that is the boring truth, unfortunately, is that it is really hard to like break the rules without knowing the rules mm-hmm. and without having them down. Because, I mean, Picasso did a lot of lifelike figurative drawing before he started putting noses upside down. That's right. Sadly, the truth. And that's I find that a struggle. So my little struggle with that, thinking about someone who sits and perfects the craft of art and art making in any form from the tiny little moment that your pencil hits the paper all the way up to your masterpiece. I have a trouble. Like I love abstract art. 
that is what I find the most appealing and beautiful. And so I will fill my home with art from artists that it's much more abstract, much more flowing and colors and shapes, and it's not very realistic. But when I'm creating art, I really like working with realism because I can see the end game when it comes to realism. I can see where I need to go. Is it or is it not a whale? Right. Yeah. How close can I get to it actually looking like a picture of a strawberry? You know, how I, I, I can see that I start here. It looks like, you know, a garbage blob of red. And I need to go there where it looks like a perfect glistening three dimensional. I could bite into that strawberry strawberry. And I can, you know, there, there's a path, a very clear path. And I'm comfortable with that. Now, if I were to paint an abstract of something that would emote the emotions and feelings of a strawberry, I don't think I can get there right now because I don't even know what that would be. You know, like I, there's no clear path to that because it's just so open-ended and beautiful and fluid. And I'm, I want to be that artist, but I am nowhere near even mentally being able to wrap my head around that because it's so out there and abstract. And I think that that's why I appreciate abstract art way more. Well, because abstract art, a lot of the time is like, it is an artist very much with a vision and to get the vision, you have to look at a lot of things Mm -hmm. and you have to look at the world a lot of different ways. So maybe you work your way through um, squares and real strawberries and like all the other ways until you something maybe clicks or maybe you always just saw things in um, in purples so everything <laughs> is purple or whatever it is and I think that's where you, I, I mean I have a lot of issues with that the trope of 10,000 hours because primarily because people think like the whole thing is if you put in 10,000 hours you're an expert where the way I understand the original concept is that no, most people who are good at something have put in like it's, it's correlation, not causality, Mm -hmm. but you in general to get good at something, you have to put in the hours it's butt in seat, hand on bow, whichever art form it is. And you're like, no, I just, can I, can I, can I just throw paint at a wall? Cause that looks fun. One of the things that was, mind-blowing to me was that watercolor is not just it's not logical necessarily you do have to practice like these are all the different ways to make color come onto the page using watercolor because I like in my brain I was like well you have one of those weird round pucks and a crappy brush (laughs) in school (laughs) and then you color somewhat within the lines uh, and then the paper starts crinkling and it's all weird and once I started practicing and it was like you can you can make things look fuzzy just with the way you apply first water mm-hmm. and then paint. But that is, I mean, sometimes even more, I think, than oil paints or acrylics. Just like you just have to sit there and it's kind of like with, you know, calligraphy practice. Like you're going to do just the downstroke over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And if you go, well, the first one was fine. It's like, no, you have to do it over and over and over again. Yeah, because just because you can do it once doesn't mean it's reproducible. And I feel like someone who is really has a great handle on their own personal skill as an artist, a magician, a magician, (laughs) musician, (laughs) or a magician. Uh, Well, a magician has to practice. They do have to practice. Uh, uh, Yeah, we were actually just explaining to my son that, you know, you can actually learn to do magic. He's like, what, what, what? (laughs) So now he's trying to do sleight of hand tricks at six. It's very cute. Um, But no, like you have to practice over and over and it's not necessarily getting 
to do it once, you know, like I'm sure a lot of people can just manage to juggle like one round of balls and you're like, I did it. And you're like, well, you can't call yourself a juggler, right? Like <laughs> if you can't do it again, you have to be able to do it reproducibly. It's like I, I rolled reliably. a strike and now if I never, ever go bowling again, I'm a bowler. I've only ever rolled strikes. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm the best bowler ever. I could bowl a 300 game if all of, of all of them ended up like that because I did it once. It's like, yeah, then that I think that that's where it comes into play. Like, right, the the idea of when you can call yourself this maker of thing, like I am blank because maybe it's when your craft becomes reproducible and you can consistently, you know, make the whale. Or or what you th- what you thought is what winds up as the result, yeah, you, not you, just reproducible, but where where you're like this this was the plan and and it came out like that and that wasn't just change. Yes. Yeah. Plan, execution, result and then you can do that again if you need, you know, and I think that that maybe that, we figured it out. Episode 3. We're done, folks. We figured out <laughs> how to be an artist. <laughs> Tip your waitress. But, but then what? Then what? Do you do you make stuff that you want to show people? Like like do you want to show it off in your home? Cuz you talked about like presents, but like do you do you want to make stuff like is the end goal to have something or is the process the main thing do you want to replace all of the abstract art on your walls with your own abstract art i mean i definitely have hung things up that i feel proud of and i also look back at some of the things that i've done a while ago and being like "Ooh, yeah i need to replace that because i could do better now but i find that i've done my best work when i had the pressure of making a gift for somebody and i wanted it to be really that's the worst thing though you make the gift and then two years later you go into their home you're like oh god and now you know that 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 should not you're like can i it turns into sitcom you're like can i steal this painting <laughs> can i replace it in a week <laughs> and not have them know it's actually good <laughs> yeah but i mean maybe then it just becomes like a gallery of your success and failures right like or not a gallery of your success and failures but a a gallery of your progression right yeah how do you feel today about your eggs and bacon painting Pretty good because I just made it this Christmas. So I see it. I go over to our friend's house a lot. And so I see it hanging there all the time. And again, it's my first oil painting. And I like. I still like it. You know, like, I still really like it. I had to look at a lot of other people's eggs and bacon paintings in order to kind of decide how I wanted to do it. So I don't feel like it's 100%. I just thought about eggs and bacon and then put them on the canvas. You know, like I definitely looked at a lot of reference images of other paintings. So that to me is a big step in, I think, becoming a real capital A artist in that you can look at reference images of actual things or a still life and then create it as opposed to kind of cannibalizing other people's art in order to help you see how the paint should go because that's where I am right now. And it's like, I'm not selling other people's stuff. I'm not trying to lie and not copy. Like if I ever am inspired by an artist, I make sure I definitely say like, this is totally inspired by so-and-so. I love her work. And this is exactly where I got this idea and I wanted to try it. And this is not me. Like I just, I did it, but it's not my idea. Like Big well, you don't. Flash. You don't always have to. You don't always have to reinvent the wheel. Sometimes you can just go, "Oh, okay." If you put the the reflection here on the yoke, it looks 
better than this one over here. Right. That I saw. And that's how I did the eggs and bacon painting, whereas I was just trying to find how it arts, you know, like how it translates into a painting. And I'm still really proud of it because it came out great. And I did a portrait of my brother's dog and also watched a lot of videos of this one artist. I should find out her name, but we'll put it in the show notes. Um, she does a lot of colored pencil portraits of animals and Mm-hmm. It is just great. And I watched tons of her work and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it myself and make one for my brother. And it came out great. And I was so proud of it. And so it, it's like, that's where I am with that. But I, I get really proud when I finish something for somebody and whether I'm finding references, I'm just use so much references. I, I, yeah, I still can't just make something out of my brain. I'm wondering if there's like, Someone at Google was looking at like, why? Why is she looking at this much eggs and bacon? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of eggs and bacon paintings out there, and I like some of them for different reasons and others for others. But uh, what was the beginning of this question? Because I don't even know where I went with it. Because and right back at you, <laughs> whatever, whatever it was. <laughs> no, because you were you, we were. My original question was about like, do, do you make things to have them? Like, do right. you is your main focus like? I want to get better so that I can have a painting to put somewhere. Um, I, I think I, I do it for other people. <laughs> like I do it for me. So I created it, but like, I like the gifting to other people aspect of it. And here's where I go. And I don't even necessarily believe in this stuff, but uh, do you have brothers and sisters? Me? Yes. I have a brother. Older or younger? Younger. By like five years. <laughs> See, because you're, you're and you're an oldest girl. So you're like, hello, I am achiever. I am good at things. Please notice. <laughs> <laughs> oh no that is me <laughs> uh, i just want a t-shirt that says that <laughs> hello i am achiever <laughs> please notice please notice that just says on the back if, if only you knew someone who could make you a custom mug oh i wonder who that could be <laughs> are you an oldest girl who is an achiever i am i see it's funny i'm the i'm the fourth of five but I grew up mainly with my younger brother because we're in like different batches with different like combinations of parents. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty much an oldest girl. So, and you are achiever. Please notice. <laughs> I am. I am achiever. I am very good at things. I don't need teachers. I can learn myself, which is something I really had to relearn. Like, and all joking aside, like not being good at things right away was a trauma for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and when one of the things that I was very good at for my age, for a long, for several ages in a row, I was good at drawing and painting for my age. Mm-hmm. And then that gap happened, the gap between my brain and my hand, and also where my aspirations got bigger than princesses and foofy dresses, which I was very, very good at. I think a lot of nerds went through that same similar vein of, <laughs> I'm super good at something really young, and then everything catches up with you and then you're like whoa who am I you know you start to question everything about what you can make and what you can do I because I never really let myself into the areas that were hard I've never I'm not yet at that point of like I want to make an oil painting I want to make something big Um, because I'm like I can do a lot of watercoloring and painting and drawing but it's on a smaller format so it's most and that was also kind of hard to be like so what's the point of just all these practice books mm-hmm. of all these like random sheafs of paper somewhere where like oh this is a very realistic old shoe 
good for you. And then part of me is like, unsentimental, I get rid of them. Mm -hmm. And part of me is like, I should keep them so I can track the progress. And then also, I live with someone who, who cannot draw like a, a matchstick without help. Uh, he is he is creative in other ways, but he cannot draw. So he's just like, but this is really good. You should keep it. And I go, no. <laughs> but m- maybe I should like have a, I don't know, like a um, literal gallery wall or like a, a mental fridge in my office of just like putting stuff up to go, you made this since I'm not at the oil painting stage. Yeah, I I have up some of my first watercolors. I'm like looking at them now on my wall and I'm still pretty proud of them. Like there's one of the back of this girl's head. Um, kind of looks like me, kind of looks like one of my cousins, but it's like just the back of a girl's head and her ponytail up in like a big messy bun. And I did it like two years ago and I still really like it. And it's framed and it's on my wall and I felt like the few pieces that I just, I looked at them and I was like, you know what? I'm proud of this. I know, I bet I could do way better. I bet if I practiced at this, I would do way better. But you know what? I'm just, I'm just proud of it. So I'm just going to put it up. And I do. And it, it makes me happy because I'm like, ah, there, there it is. It's done. It's, it's hung. It's finished. And all of the other kind of trash that's in my books and stuff, I just, I kind of let that go. Um, and the ones that I get happy with, I, I put into a frame. And if I ever stop liking the look of it on my wall, I'll just take it out of the frame and replace it with something else. Um, but one of our questions in our little notes that we have is, how do you just do it? And I think we've kind of been answering that. Like, I, I just do it by sometimes I need the motivation of making a gift for somebody. Because someone's like, you know, they mentioned something that they want, like a bacon and eggs painting. And so I'm like, all right, I'm doing this. This is happening to me. <laughs> you know? And you get forced into it. I mean, how do you, when you first started, um, is the term throwing pots? I'm learning things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, did you start doing it because you wanted a particular mug or bowl or something in a certain style? So you're like, I need to create this for myself? Or so what was your just do it moment? I was moral support for my mother (laughs) who had always wanted to take a pottery class um, and she was afraid to go alone and we went and uh, let's just pretend that she was not one of the negative self-talk older women in that class. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But she she did go to a couple more classes with me and I just stuck. Um, And and for me, it was just like, this is this is very, very physical and like it's it's fun and it's messy but it's also very like it's it's the same as with like watercolors or oils uh, actually oils are fixable watercolors are really easy to mess up oh yeah <laughs> and with pottery it's the same thing like you you well like e- even once you've gotten pretty good at it it's really easy to very quickly just like ruin everything mm-hmm. and i kind of like that but in a different way like it i can get angry if you spend a lot of time on watercolor because uh, with pottery it's quicker to get back to that same point you just start over um but it's just it's so physical it's very 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 much hands-on and there was something about that that just clicked with me um so what 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 i've had to do is to force myself to do the things i don't want to do like there are certain shapes that i like making both because some of them are easier to make than others but also just because those are the shapes I prefer, a shape that I find aesthetically pleasing. So I will do it over and over again to know that I can do it. Mm-hmm. And that that is not part of my personality at all, <laughs> to do something boring over and over again just to see that I can do it. 
I I haven't I've I've translated this to knitting, for example, as well to be like, okay, I can finish the thing and then something about it is off and I can just be like, no, I finished. I'll put it in a cabinet and I'll never wear it. And I've gotten to a point where I fix it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's huge to to accept that I'm not going to be good at things right away, but if I practice, I will a get better, b see the parts that are not good, and be able to both identify them and fix them or change them for the next time, and I will know how to fix them. And I, I don't know exactly what child has that kind of temperament in the family among the siblings. I suspect. None of them do. I suspect that's more of a grandma thing. But I haven't gotten there quite yet with like more traditional art of just like, okay, let's practice hands. Let's practice feet. And I want to take a life drawing class to make myself do exactly that. Just like, mm-hmm. okay, you're just going to draw um, back rolls over and over again for mm-hmm. 30 minutes or whatever it is. I suspect that, and I mentioned this in the first episode, I suspect that ADHD meds will also make me a much better artist <laughs> than my 12-year-old, oh my god, no, this is boring self. Mm-hmm. When, when do you force yourself to just stubborn along? I think it's when I find myself puttering around, saying, being like, I don't know, I, like you almost, whenever boredom sets in with anything, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, what what's what's wrong like i almost said slap myself and be like what's wrong with you just focus you have so much to do and you've wanted to do so much stuff and your brain just fantasizes about creating and making things and it's like just shut your brain off and go sit down and make something and so i feel like that's when i really need to force myself and having the studio space is great because i'm like i have to go to the studio i have to go sit down and like just being there it's like all right I will draw the sriracha bottle. You have to get the cost per use down. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I can't waste this. I can't I can't squander this. And it's like, so I'll sit down and I'll be like, all right, I'm going to draw the sriracha bottle that's just hovering around in my brain. Like, why do I want to draw a sriracha bottle so bad? I just do. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to force myself to do it instead of thinking about it for two weeks. It'll go good on the eggs. Yeah, <laughs> it goes right good with the eggs, right? Oh, yeah, sriracha and eggs. Oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> But so that's when like I I like to force myself. At the same time, I think it's important to not force yourself. Again, the the inner child is just like a running theme here to just be like, but it's also okay to draw the stuff that's fun, right? To go back to oh yeah, whales or <laughs> I'm very personally stubborn with myself. If I don't want to do it, it's not going to happen. Like there's nothing that I can convince myself to be like, all right, go do it, go do it go do it and i'm like nope project runway you're on oh i can't leave i'm watching project runway now like (laughs) i am such a good excuse maker for if i don't want to do something and then that is also really telling right it's very telling how easy it is to excuse yourself into things if you don't really want to do it or if i find myself just sitting there on instagram scrolling through endless photos of other people's art that's the moments where i'm like tiff just get up go sit somewhere and draw something like just go do it. Stop looking at everyone else is doing something and you go do it too. So those are the good forcing times versus the, yeah, I'm going to just be mad at my, you know, just not create anything great if I force myself now. And instead I'm going to watch Patrick (laughs) only. Yeah. You have to go draw if you want to think of yourself as someone who does. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then I also feel um, accountable on Instagram, you know, like, uh, posting a photo of something that I've done. Like even with Adam's little, I do his, Adam's name of my son for anyone who's curious. Um, 
he would doing his little lunchbox notes. I, I was, have I was to about do to that. Say, doesn't he go? Excuse me, where's my strawberries? <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he has a lisp in my head. No, he has a lisp. No, and doesn't. also he's French for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> little French lispy boy. That's fine. We could we could do that. Um, yeah. So like I have to do that every day or I disappoint him. Pardon, mama, mon fraise. Mama, où est mon strawberries? <laughs> I don't know mon strawberries. Fraise. I fraise? think it's strawberries. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is. Good job. I know this because of ice cream. That's <laughs> <laughs> important. It's important to know your French ice creams. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm held accountable to that every day, which is really nice. And I take the picture and I put it up and it's, it has to be in his lunchbox. So even the ones that I don't post, like I drew an ugly daffodil the other day and I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to put this up. Um, I still have done it and that feels great. And that kind of forcing feels really good and positive. And I've gotten better for it. I, I think it's maybe the same thing as we were talking about in the last episode about like a studio about saying that, you know, I'm worth this and I take myself seriously, that finding that balance between I both deserve and have to practice because that's how I get good at it. And like taking the time to f force yourself and reward yourself for for drawing the same lines over and over again and practicing mm -hmm. how to make die move in water because it is really easy i think to also go oh this is just stupid this this doesn't matter to sort of discourage yourself from practicing as well because you're like but it's it's stupid to set a sriracha bottle on the kitchen table and sketch it i'm just not going to do that because i'm not going to be good at it anyway and like that that whole weird spiral but i don't sometimes when i force myself to do that when i force myself to set down the sriracha bottle and just just draw it I'm actually kind of happy with how it usually comes out because I'm like, you know what? I didn't have the confidence in myself that this was actually going to come out good. And I was using a lot of negative self-talk and in my own head. And it's like, oh, you're just not going to be able to do this. Like, it's just not going to come out the way you want. And then when it does, or it at least gets close to that, it's like that, that pride, that feels pretty good. That feels, and then you know what? Then it goes on a frame in my wall. <laughs> Plus, here's the thing: it's it's a painting that didn't exist before and wouldn't have existed. Mm -hmm. um, and like, if you if you draw every day, you will have seven sriracha bottles in this case, and you will have a better chance at one of them being good. Whereas if you only take the time to draw and practice, you'll have like seven over the course of a year mm -hmm. and you'll have a smaller chance of one out of seven rather than one out of 365 but you'll feel like oh my god this one came out bad i kind of feel now that i want to frame more things because it makes it more real like it does i i have to highly encourage it it's good with with knitting once once you rinse you rinse something and you put on the buttons and it suddenly comes out prettier and with with pottery i say this when i teach people or when people are, are new at it and be like just glazing something makes it seem so much more real some mm -hmm. of the flaws disappear but but also like this is now very much a mug or a bowl and you wouldn't think that glazing something it's a thin layer of, of like glassy glaze that is hard over something you can still see the shape but it's more real and maybe a frame does the same thing where suddenly like just context makes it art rather than a doodle mm -hmm. well even the doodles i've bought doodles from people and put it on my wall and i love exactly them. Like, like putting a doodle so on instagram makes it art because you're sharing it mm -hmm. okay we solved it again all right we are all right so i think that that's a great way to wrap up so everyone <laughs> your your homework is to, is to buy a go, frame <laughs> is to buy a frame or find a frame in your house and put something that you've made in it even if the thing that you make is not a 
typical painting. I don't know. Find something and find a way to frame it or display it just so you can feel proud of something that you made and don't let it just live in the back of your closet or in the inside of your sketchbook somewhere. So, all right, let's all try and appreciate our own selves for the things that we've done. (laughs) And if you make stuff that's not flat, then you can still like somehow display it in a frame on the wall. And then it's like, multiple levels of art it's conceptual art yeah exactly there's so many ways to display your wonderful art and if it's music that you create i don't know start rocking out to your own tunes when your friends are over and then everyone will be like what's this and you're like actually i it's wonderwall (laughs) actually yeah i'm not oasis (laughs) but all right you can check out our show notes at makedopod.com and find us places like twitter and instagram at makedopod or individually at julia scott and tiffany arment and please if you have a moment like us on itunes and subscribe that would be super great and a help to our show and we will be back in two weeks and until then remember to go make and do